We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal. Uh, just check it out. America's number one sports book app. All right. Now, number one, joined by Mr. William Brad Alice. I am merely Mike Luke. Hello, William. How you doing? Hello, Michael. All right, Brad. I wanted to talk about this. Uh, wanted to talk a little bit about USC, and then we're going to get to a lot of U of A basketball. But this was the first game that I think I've ever seen from Arizona. And again, we're going to get to some of the uh, struggles here in a minute. But this was really the first game I've ever seen from Arizona where Arizona, I think, has better wide receivers than USC. And quite frankly, I'm not sure that there's a better wide receiver unit in the entire country. Is that just me being biased or where are we at right there? Well, let's be honest. I think USC was missing two of their top receivers. And you know, I don't know. I haven't watched enough. My guess is Arizona's top three probably are favorable with anyone's top three, but there's probably nine guys on Alabama who are going to play pro ball. Right. There's probably 27 Georgia receivers um, who are going to play in the NFL. Um, but certainly when you, when you throw Arizona's three out there, any three of them are capable for going 120 and, and, and a couple scores. And, and that's impressive. It is. Yeah. You've mentioned it's the deepest. Um, I think it's the deepest Arizona's receiving core has been with at least one of them being a one, a type guy. There were some deep ones in the stoops era, but they lacked a clear number one right? or the clear number one was, and no offense to him, Mike Thomas, right? He's a very good receiver, all time pac 12 guy, but he could do kind of one, one and a half things. He was a speed guy. Right. Um, you've got guys who can go deep. You've got guys who can make one hand grabs. You've got guys who can take an underneath route and take it to the house. So yeah, that's a very good group. I mean, my biggest concern is I don't know who three or four through six are on this team. Right. Um, and that's a concern that they're basically, what is, uh, you know, the, the the fourth receiver has like three catches, um, not counting tight ends and backs. I'm talking pure wide receivers. So that's a concern to me um, because if you do lose cowing, if you do, um, and I think that's the only one who can go pro, um, are any of the, you know, is Simpson ready? And I don't know. I mean, I like Simpson. Um, I like the two, you know, freshmen, but they're not getting reps. They're not getting any run. So if you do lose cowing, 
um, you're going to suddenly find yourself with two experienced receivers who are very good and a lot of questions next year. Yeah, and then Tanner McLaughlin's a guy, though, that we also got to give some love to because this is really the first tight end that we've seen in a long time, probably in about seven, eight years. What's up, Ricky? Who, um, you know, who is making plays down the middle, who is you go into each game and you're almost expecting Tanner McLaughlin's going to probably get you three catches for 40 yards, something like that. Yeah, he's kind of your prototypical tight end uh, that Arizona has lacked. And, um, you know, in the way there's been guys who've looked like they could fill that role. I thought Woma was underused, but, you know, maybe Woma just wasn't that good. Um, you know, was it, was it, uh, I always forget his name, the kid from the hybrid guy from uh, Central uh, California a few years ago. Um, Terrence said, I can't think of his last Terrence name. Miller. Yeah, Terrence You know, he seemed underutilized, but he might have been more of a big receiver. McLaughlin's a legit tight end. He looks again, he looks like a lot of these NFL tight ends. Right. You know, 240, 250, good hands, but mobile. So yeah, he's a guy I think, and again, I think he needs to be utilized probably more in the red zone, which is I think something we'll we'll probably end up talking about here in a minute. Yeah. But uh no, I mean Arizona's top four, and I would even throw Wiley in as a as a pass catching back out of the backfield, is very nice. Um, the problem is again, they, they don't go much deeper. That might not be a problem the rest of this year, but at some point, uh, you, you're gonna have to develop some depth. All right, well, it's not all it's not all uh, roses right here. See what I did there, roses, but um, yes, offensively, Arizona, uh, you know, it, it, it goes without saying that Arizona would smack last year's team, there's no doubt about that. But the one thing that uh, is a uh, is a problem on offense is the red zone. And every time they've gotten into the red zone, especially against good teams, and by red zone, I even mean inside the five-yard line, they inevitably end up moving back to about the 15-yard line or the 12-yard line. Is that correctable? Is that scheme? What's going on there? I think a lot of it is scheme. I think for as good a job as Jed Fish has done with this offense, uh, his scheme is not great in the red zone. and. Right. That doesn't make him a bad play caller. That doesn't make him a bad coach. We see pro coaches who do not do well in the red zone. Um, we we see, you know, as I think he was a really good X and O's coach, but Rich Rod was not good in the red zone. Right. Um, and I think the bigger problem is so much of Jed Fish's offense is based upon getting into space and finding those scenes. There aren't there isn't space in the end zone. At right. the, uh, you have 13 yards or whatever if you're coming from. So I would, yeah, I need to see more. And I don't need to see a lot of gadgets. You know, they don't need to go full Andy Reid here. Uh, they don't, but, you know, they don't need to go full Harbaugh here. But what they need to do is maybe some more motion, um, you know, some more misdirection, um, you know, get the back out of the backfield and into the flat, uh, use the tight end, you know, bootleg Delara and, and look for some crossing routes. Um, because, yeah, it, it especially when you're playing the better teams, those guys are so fast and so big that there's just not a lot of room to operate. Right. So unless you can just out muscle them up front, which Arizona's offensive line is the weakness of this offense, you know, as good as, and again, maybe more carries to DJ Williams, but as good as Williams is, if you're not getting that push up the, you know, with your line, it's not going to do you any good. 
All right, a couple things, and then we're going to get to playing some of the young players. But uh, Four Peaks Brewery, the official uh, brew of PHNX Sports, Four Peaks. The great thing about Four Peaks is you've got the place up in Tempe where you can go hang out and watch games up there. Great stuff. And you got Four Peaks at the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties down here for all the away games. Nice little 430 uh, tip-off here against Utah. you got some local legends like William Brad Alice, who has shown up multiple times. Appreciate William showing up right there. And uh, again, Four Peaks Brewery, check it out. Check it out in the show description, 21 and over. Enjoy responsibly and more furniture. MORfurniture.com did a great job revamping the whole PHNX studios. They can do that for you as well. Check it out, morefurniture.com. Again, MORfurniture.com. All right, on the defensive side of the ball, William, I I, I love going and starting to play some of the young guys. Get Deuce Davis in there. Get Prysock in there. Prysock played over 70 snaps and graded out very well. Get some of those young guys in there. With all due respect to some of the upperclassmen, we kind of know what they are at this point. These were some highly rated kids on that side of the ball. Get them in there and let's see what they can do. I'm going to go that step further. What I'd really like to see, because, again, some of these kids aren't ready, and that's fine. I mean – we live in this world where, you know, everyone wants an instant impact. Right. And I don't want to throw a kid out there who's not ready to succeed. Mm-hmm. But what I want to start evaluating, because I know what a lot of these upperclassmen can't do. Correct. But there's a lot of second and third year players we still haven't seen much of. And my guess is they're not ready for prime time either. But I'd like to start working some of those guys in as well to rule them out, basically. Right. Um, you know, because let's find out what you have there and if they have something that you can use going forward or if you got to upgrade. Exactly. So if Celestine Davis is not, you know, ready uh, or Takario Davis and Celestine are not ready, don't throw them out there to the wolves and, and, and hurt their confidence. Right. Um, you know, Prysock appeared to be ready. Uh, but let's see what some of these other guys can do. And, and maybe you just pick a position group per game. So maybe going up against Utah, you know what? We're going to throw out, we're going to see what a couple of these other linebackers can do. Right. Um, Maybe against UCLA, it's okay. We're going to go two more guys into the defensive uh, rotation, defensive line. And and maybe these guys already know they can't do it and that's fine. But, you know, I think, you know, Warren L was the third string free safety or strong safety, but now he's the first string at the, at the Viper. And, you know, where'd that come from? So maybe there's some other guys like that who are a little underused, who you just have to put under the lights. And I don't know. Do you ever watch? Have you seen Coach 30? On I have not. Twitter? No, no okay, I know so you're talking about that. He right. does the fake breakdowns and it's like, well, not Peters, not an athlete. Well, we might right. need that. We might need player X, not an athlete. Um, you know, player B wetting himself out there. But there are other guys who might be like, oh. You know, and I'm going to use random names, you know, uh, Schuster. Hey, he's a gamer. Lights come on. Right. Um, hasn't done it in practice. But, uh, you know, I still think you, you can't write off the season and do wholesale. Like you can't do a whole game of that. Because, frankly, if you beat UCLA or you beat Utah, which is doubtful, um, then you're playing for something those last two games. Right. But at the same time, the future is next year. And if you have to go get four guys out of the portal or 14 guys out of the portal, it'd be nice to know what you need. 
And there is a, and there are some guys that have obviously flashed already. Uh, Jacob Manu has certainly been a guy that um, you can tell is going to be a longtime player here. He's just got kind of a nose and instinct for the ball. And honestly, Brad, in the secondary, and again, we're going to get to hoops here in just a second, but in the secondary, losing some of these guys, I think, like Christian Young, I know he, you know, I'm not, I'm sure he's a great kid, but Christian Young is a massive liability out there when he's in coverage. I mean, he gave up five receptions for 140 yards in that game. And, you know, teams were UCLA or USC was clearly trying to pick on him out there. So a guy like that, he's moving on. I'm fine with that. But you in the secondary, you got a Warnell who's shown a little bit. You've got a Jackson Turner who, you know, has some potential. If you can get Christian Roland Wallace back for another year, you got Prysock, you got Davis. There's some talent to work with in that defensive backfield. Yeah. Now, do you have enough safeties? That's my question. Because I think they're okay at corner long term. I mean, I'm guessing some combination of Prysock, Davis, Celestine uh, with, you know, uh, Stoops with. Um, you know, it's going to be okay. Right. Uh, but I don't know about the safe. Now that's this class coming in where they have 19 safeties, you know, they're hoarding safeties like Rich Rod hoarded five, eight receivers, but, um, are any of them ready to play? But, you know, I got, you know, I'll give you a great guy. Can Malik Reed play? I don't know. Like I'd like to see him. Um, you know, there's a couple D linemen. Can they play? Because if not, Okay you know, they might want to know that so they can transfer or they're just just practice depth. That's fine. You know, you got 84 guys on the roster. Not all of them have to play, but it'd be nice to know what you need. Um, You know, I think we know there's, you know, two guys, two safeties here that that just aren't ready quite for prime time. And that's fine. Um, And I, again, I don't know young. I'm so confused by what guys classes are anymore. I don't know how much eligibility, if any young has, I don't know how much eligibility Maldonado has. Um, But to me, it's pretty clear that those guys are not upper division PAC 12 players, at least as starters and main contributors. Maybe they're fine on special teams, but that's where you have to upgrade because yeah, the defense is bad. And I would say this, the eyeball test tells me most of them are good players. But there aren't enough great players where if one guy messes up, someone else can help him out. Right. One guy messes up. If you know, and if 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 the safety messes up, the second safety's not so good that he can make up for it. Or if the corner blows a zone, there, there's no one to help him recover. Or if the D lineman gets eaten up, you know, there was that play against Oregon where they showed all the defensive linemen being pushed up field. Um some defenses you can hide. You know, we we talked about the Desert Swarm. Didn't have great corners. Uh, but the rest of it was so good it made up for it. Well, this one, even if you have nine or ten guys who are Pac-12 legit players, you don't have any all Pac-12 players, which can cover up your mistakes. All right. Let's get to some Arizona hoops now. But first, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. New customers can bet $5 on any NBA money line bet and get $200 in free bets if you win or uh, $200 if you win. You could also boost your winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you wanted to take the over on something on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, you might want to take the over on Ben Mather in points is that he's dropping about 27 to 30 pretty much every single game. And also, tap and bottle. 
Tap and Bottle downtown. That's where we have all the official uh, away game watch parties for PHNX Wildcats. Come join us down there. Uncle Kev was there before. Um, get a good showing. A lot of people showing up to yell at the TV. Root on Arizona. It's a good time. Tap and Bottle downtown. Four Peaks Brew down there as well. All right. Arizona basketball time here, William. Um, I got to go to practice last week. And one thing I will say, and I'm not really breaking any news here, is that this Arizona team is tall. They are incredibly tall, and you can tell that that's going to be something that's going to be in their repertoire all season where they just going to keep coming at you with Tabellus and Ballo, and then you got Vasar. Heck, I mean, it even looks like Dylan Anderson's probably going to get some minutes in here. That's going to be the strength of their team this year. Look, I don't, I haven't looked down, up and down rosters all over college basketball, but you can't tell me there are five better uh, posts than Arizona's right now. Um, right. Tabellus is a guy who, again, I think is going to be in contention for Pac-12 Player of the Year. Uh, Umar Barlo looks like you know he has completely transformed his body again, and he wasn't out of shape before. He was big and strong, but he's he leaned out. Um, you know, Visar showed me flashes in the Red Blue game. Right. Uh, you know, Dylan Anderson looks like, and he looks like a guy Loot would have loved. Right. Oh, that's a, like, Dylan Anderson's a total Loot guy. That slightly underrated, very mobile. Uh, right. Yeah, he, and again, I don't want to put this on him, but watching some on highlights, he's got a little Channing in him. Mm -hmm. Chan college Channing, not NBA three point throw Channing not Fry. Curry Channing Fry. No, but he's got that mobility. He's got a, a a better build than I thought he had, and a lot of that is is, is the work in the weight room. I get it. Um, but yeah, he looks like a guy. And I don't think he's going to play much this year. But man, he'd probably start at Oregon State. He, he oh, I think he started start, ASU. He might have started ASU, yeah. So he's a good player who – I think we're going to see three or four of these guys <laughs> who just aren't going to get the minutes maybe that they could get elsewhere, and hopefully they stay patient. You right. Because I'm not sure, even if healthy, how many minutes Boswell gets. And, and right. maybe he'll surprise. The best news Arizona could have is that they're trying to find minutes for Boswell. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not – you know, based upon some stuff Rhino said, maybe Adama Ball is not ready to make the leap we kind of hoped he was, and, and they may not need him to if some of these other guys step up, but that, you know, I mean, again, how many teams would like to have a young core of Anderson, uh, Philly B, um, Boswell and, and Adama ball. I mean, that starts at a lot of schools in this country. Oh, no. Oh, no doubt. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's the thing too, with, uh, with Lloyd, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of just unknowns on this team. And like you said, Rhino talked about Adama ball for sure. Um, Boswell being ready to play is interesting. I watching him though. He he's got an interesting build. I, and there, and not that there's anything wrong with this, but when you watch Boswell out there, he doesn't look like an NBA type point guard and there's nothing wrong with that he looks to me like he's going to be a very very good college point guard but you know I think a lot of people this isn't Mike Bibby coming in here this isn't uh you know this isn't Jason Gardner coming in here where a guy that's you know you put him in there and he's going to get you double figures immediately this is a different guy but you know what he's also in a spot right now where he doesn't have to play big minutes immediately yeah and that might be the real irony of the class is you know everyone talked about Boswell even though he's no longer part of that next year's class but it may be Lewis who's the better pro prospect, right. even though he's not as highly rated. Um, and again, he may look totally different in a year. Remember, this is a kid who should be a high school senior. Right. Um, so he could completely, you know, the body could change, stretch out, uh, get stronger. Um, yeah, but that again, 
if he can even just give you spot minutes at the point, that's a benefit. Because again, I'm as much as I think Kirk Creasa can be a, a good enough point guard to take you deep, maybe having that another guy. And if you need to go three guard attack and it's Boswell and not Larson, then, then I'm fine with that. Um, so yeah, again, I'd much rather have this problem um, than have the problem of not enough depth. And, right. you know, if you remember, even Luke's teams, the second string was always like the fourth best team in the Pac-12. Right. Um, even Miller's best teams, they had depth, especially, you know, his, uh, what was it, the 11 team? that well, when you had years where you bring guys, yeah, when you, when you they bring They went nine out, and a half deep, which was right, rare for Miller. Off the bench or somebody like yeah. that, yeah. So, yeah, it's a good problem to have as long as, again, you don't have the mass transfers at Christmas. And I, and I think, again, these guys understand – they were brought in to fill these roles. It's not like, you know, you're Justin Simon and you're coming in as a, as a high four star, low five star, and you can't figure out why you're not on the court. Right. Now, Azulis look- right here, um, he's fascinating to me because, again, we've talked about it before, but Azulis, and a lot of people forget, this was a guy that was all conference last year, obviously. He's a guy that we've talked about. He dropped 31 and 8 on the, Mo- or on the uh, Mobley brothers as a freshman. He wilted big time in the tournament last year. And the only thing, only real comp that I can think of as far as just totally a really good player at the U of A that just kind of shrunk in the moment, for lack of a better term, was Michael Dickerson, you know, in that in the uh, NCAA tournament. Now, Mike D came back and he was great during the regular season, kind of wilted again against Utah in the Elite Eight. But Azulis, what do you expect out of him this year? Is he a guy that should he be able to come in and get 18 and eight? Are you worried about the mental part of the game with him? Where do you stand with him? You know, I think most of his issues probably stem from the injury lingering. Um, right. And just frankly, you know, and again, I don't think it was bad, but I think it was just bad enough that when remember, that, that he went up against physical teams. Right. And that's difficult when you're thinking about your, you know, your high ankle sprain or whatever the injury was. Um, but if you take out the postseason, his scoring average dropped by a full point during right. the postseason. Right. Uh, that includes the Pac-12 tournament. He had two good games in the postseason. You know, I looking at the trends, and I, and I kind of went. I, I've been doing. I did this on my podcast. I now think eighteen and eight might be a little high, because mm-hmm. um, most of the guys who improve their scoring average, yeah, yeah, um, they improve it by about a point to two points. So you, when their role remains relatively the same, uh, I'm not talking a guy right. coming off the bench. And suddenly inserting himself, you know, a guy who scored six points. You know, Bramlett's jumped his second to <laughs> right. third year by like four points, but right. he became a starter. Um, so yeah, so I think maybe you know three points might be a little much, not impossible, but yeah, point point and a half, a rebound, rebound and a half, um, and you know maybe he gets enough touches that it jumps a little higher. But I think that's a, I think realistically is a slow climb. Not many players have regressed either in that role. Um, and one of them who did, it's because his role completely changed. That was Luke Walton. Right. Junior Luke Walton, the senior Luke Walton, dropped his scoring average by like seven points a game, but it's right. because his assists went up four a game. Right, for sure. Now, let's talk a, let's talk a little bit about then, because we, and again, remember, post-game show tomorrow, right after the exhibition. William, will you be able to be on it, or uh, are you busy? Uh, it just all depends what time. Yeah. 
and okay. uh, whether a makeup baseball game happens or not. Okay, totally. uh, Right we'll just, now it's practice. So we all right, we'll just good. keep us in the loop on that one. A um, couple things real quick. Game time. This is the uh, save up to 60% on tickets when you buy your tickets last minute for concert shows, sporting events, you name it. It's great for you procrastinators out there. The best way to support us is buying your tickets through the link in the description. Check it out. Game time. It's where it's at. And again, PHNX Sports. Uh, give us a follow on uh, uh, subscribe on YouTube. Give us a follow on Twitter. All kinds of good stuff. Everything in the state of Arizona, we basically got covered here. Check it out, PHNX Sports. All right. So, you know, right now, what do you, this out of conference schedule, William, what are you looking for from, what are you most curious about with Arizona this year coming into, uh, coming into basketball? What is like, what's the one storyline that you look at and you're really fascinated by? I wonder what the rotation is, to right. be honest. Right. Um, you know, I, I, we got people saying they could go nine deep. They could. I don't right. know. Um, because last year at this time, we didn't know about Pella Larson. Right. Um, hey, a month into the season, I don't think we knew about Pella Larson. You know, we didn't know about Omar Ballo. Um, you know, I'm very curious to see uh, what Ramey looks like. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see what kind of role Henderson has. Uh, I am, you know, how much does Ball and Boswell play? How much does Viser play? Um, is Umar Balo now that he's probably a starter, you know, is he a, is he a 12 or 13 point guy a game? Or is he, you know, marginally better than he was last year uh, where he had flashes? So, I, yeah, I'm very curious to see just how everyone has developed, what their role is. Because I feel like I know what two guys' role is. Maybe three with Lars, you know, and that's the returners. But, right. um with all these newcomers and, and and young guys, I'm really curious to see what they look like. All right. I want to, before we sign off here, I want to get your talk on conference expansion where you're, I'm obviously on record. I have no clue what's going to go on, but I would prefer to see Arizona in the big 12. Uh, my case is basically that uh, the big 12 provides you a much, much better basketball conference. Again, I get that football is what pays the bills, but football to me in the big 12 is at least negligible to what the PAC 12 is as well. Um, and I just don't have a lot of faith in the Pac-12 leadership led by Kliakov and led by a lot of the or a lot of the presidents out there. Bobby Robbins, I uh, give an exception to because he likes sports, which is awesome. But Brad, where would you like to see Arizona? All things being the same, and you know, if you're within a million, million and a half per year, I'd like to see the Pac-12 remain. Okay. Um, and again, I understand it's going to be different. There'd probably be some new teams. I, I, I'm not thrilled about a Pac-10. Uh, with no Southern Arizona or Southern California presence. That being said, um, you know, if the if the money's way different, then Arizona needs to jump if they have that opportunity. Right. Um, you know, the Big 12 is a better basketball conference now. And frankly, as good as Oregon has been, are they great after Dana Altman leaves? And on top of that, too, Arizona and Oregon are really the only, without the L.A. schools, Arizona and Oregon are really the only programs that matter at that point. In the Big 12, you got Kansas, you got Baylor, you got Texas Tech, you got Houston. Yeah, I mean, I can keep naming And again, I don't know what Texas Tech is long-term. I don't even know what Baylor is long-term. But here's what I can guarantee you, Kansas basketball. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's good. It's arguably maybe with Kentucky as good as Duke has been the last 25 years, Kansas, you know who the only losing coach in Kansas history is James Naismith. Wow. 
the guy who invented the sport is the only losing right. coach in Kansas history. Um, you know, you you know Houston's always going to be interesting. Right. Um, so yeah, so from a basketball standpoint, it's a lot more fun. But you know, I grew up with the Pac-10. I grew up with the Pac-12. Uh, if you can, I'd hate to see the league go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can get paid enough to stay in the Pac-12, and you know, add a San Diego State, add. In fact, in a perfect world, they'd add Kansas. Right. Um, get that Kansas City market. Give me an excuse to go see some family. I was say, William Brad Alice's home uh, home region. Yeah, well, Arthur Alice's home region, yes. Okay. Um, my dad's from there. Uh, but, yeah, but in a perfect world, yeah, the Pac-12 would be viable. Uh, you'd keep the tournament in, in McHale North. Um, you know, start maybe start a rivalry with the Aztecs. That'd be great, but I'm just not super confident that that happens. And if so, uh, you know, if a few of the teams up north are looking to move, still try to jump to the Big Ten, um, then Arizona needs to do what's best for Arizona, and that that might be the Big Twelve. All right, Brad, where can they find you? Where can they find you right now? I know you're up and loaded with your podcast. What's going on? Yeah, podcast is back. Hope to have probably have another one up tomorrow. Uh, WSR Brad on Twitter. You can find the podcast uh, Apple. Spotify, Anchor, uh, Google Podcast. Um, there's some options now. I may be moving to a few others. But, uh, yes, I'm going to be doing uh, some thoughts on on the rest of the football season. And I'm looking at uh, – went back through some historical data to see w- maybe what we can really realistically expect out of Ramey and Henderson. I looked at uh, – you know, there's basically been three kind of transfers. Right. There's been small college transfers moving up. There's been – Big school transfers making the lateral move, the Akinjos. Mm-hmm. And there's been the guys who have not quite lived up to the hype at their, you know, we don't have one this year, but you know, the the Jamal Bakers, the right. Chase Jeters, and guys who didn't necessarily make it big at one school trying it at another. But right. you know, want to see what the Hendersons of the world have done and what the uh the the Ramies of the world have done. And uh I like I like looking at stats and history and trying to extrapolate. All right, uh, everybody out there, really appreciate you. Cody James Martin, Sean Seeley, Will, Ricky Garrett, um, even Rich Carrillo, who always comes in with a backhanded remark at me. He's been doing that for 10 years, so Rich, whatever. Well, well he's, he's, he's lifelong friends with Kev Woodman, and if, if, if someone's going to give you a backhanded compliment, yeah. I mean, it might as well be a Huntington Beach guy. Rich has never been a fan of mine. You know what, Rich? That's all good. And <laughs> Rodrigo Diaz de VVR, great name, by the way. But Brad, um, hopefully talk to you tomorrow. But if not, we'll talk to you soon, my man. Yeah, we'll have to see. Hopefully. All right. Everybody out there, thanks again for listening. We will be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. <laughs>
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. <laughs> 